Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, for allowing us, Father God, once again, Lord, to come into your presence. Father God, Lord, to spend time with you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you just are our Father, and Lord, that we have a relationship with you. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, for breath in our bodies. Father God, for strength in our limbs. Father God, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your darling son, Jesus, Lord, who gave up his life for us. Father God, Lord, that to put us into that relationship and restoring us to the place that we should be. Father, we come, Lord, now, Father God, Lord, for that spiritual download. Father God, Lord, to hear from heaven. Father God, pour out now what you desire for us to receive. Father God, make us willing vessels. Father God, Lord, empty, Lord, that we would receive all that you so desire. Father God, Lord, that there would be no hindrance, no technical demons. Father God, Lord, nothing that would hinder, Father God, Lord, what you desire to be done in the earth. Father God, Lord, open our eyes. Father God, our hearts, our minds. Father God, Lord, Lord, that we would hear, see, and understand, Father God, all that you've made available, Lord, because your word declares anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted. We can be changed into that, Lord, which we see, hear, and understand. And Lord, so we declare, Lord, that we're going to be changed today. We're going to be converted into that which you've already ordained us to be. And Lord, that we can become, Lord, your change agents in the earth. Father God, Lord, that we can have that impact and influence, Lord, that you've declared for us from the beginning. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder us from walking in and becoming in accomplishing everything, Lord, that you've declared for us. And we thank you, Lord, for it all today. We declare, Lord, heavenly winds of miracle power blowing in our favor. And we declare, Lord, that we walk it out. Father God, Lord, as we receive, Lord, provision from on high, Father God, and we eat until we have our fill. And we trust you and believe you, Lord, for it every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact because he's chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. And I told you our job as believers is to be salt and light, to change the flavor of the environment wherever we go, to influence those we come in contact with. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about tapping into a higher frequency. 
because in order to fulfill the vision that God has given us as the church and have the kind of impact and influence that he intended, we must be able to hear from God and do what he says. We must be able to hear his voice with clarity. And on last time, Pastor Stephanie told us we must silence the frequency of the flesh because the biggest hindrance to hearing God's voice, the greatest source of interference comes from within. All of the negative voices discouraging you with doubt and fear, disqualifying you with guilt and condemnation, distracting you with envy and lust may have originated externally. But now they are just recorded messages playing on a continual loop in your mind. So if you're going to tap into that frequency of heaven, we've got to press the mute button. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The power of silence. Learning to be quiet. Is that all right? Open your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms 62. Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Because I want to dive a little deeper into, into that territory where Pastor Stephanie started us on last week, talking about that, 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 that the silence and that frequency of the flesh. Because we, we really got to understand what this, what where, where this this area, this power in this area of silence, this learning to be quiet. Psalm 62, look at verse 1. And here it reads, I stand silently to listen for the one I love. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He says, waiting as long as it takes for those, for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my savior. Oh, I need to read that again. He said, I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me, for God alone has become my savior. Mm. Watch this. Have you ever as a kid played the quiet game? You know, it's that game where, where everybody has to be quiet and the first one to talk loses and it's to see who can be quiet the longest. And as a kid, especially, you know, that's a, that's, that's a difficult game, but adults even struggle now trying to play that game because it's hard for us to sit in silence. But look at what the psalmist said. He said, I stand silently to listen for the one I love. See, you're not just sitting silent. You're sitting silently for a purpose. And look what he says. He says, waiting as long as it takes. For the Lord to rescue me. He says, see, I'm, I, I, I don't mind waiting. So I will wait as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my savior. One translation says everything I need comes from him. See, it's in silence that we're able to receive necessary instructions. That we're able to hear God's voice with clarity that we're able to get the information, the revelation, the insight, the foresight that we need. See, in this fast-paced world filled with distractions, 
it's crucial that we cultivate moments of silence. That we create an environment that minimizes external noise. Because when we remove the busyness of our surroundings, we can focus on our attention on listening so that we can truly hear from God. Turn over to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Trust me, we're going somewhere today. Psalm 46. And when you get there, look at verse 10. Here I'm reading from the King James Version. And here he says, be still and know that I am God. See, in this verse, God invites us to embrace stillness, to quiet our minds and close our mouths and recognize his presence. See, this is a lost art in today's world, in the body of Christ, in the body of believers. Because everybody wants to be movers and shakers and everybody's so busy. We, we got so much stuff going on, especially in this information age, this social media age where everything is coming at us 100 miles an hour. There's always a, a, an alert going off on your phone. There's always a, a new TikTok or new uh, Instagram, a new Facebook, a new meme, a new reel, a new something coming in 100 miles an hour on TV. There's always commercials. There's always something going on. There's always information. There's always noise. There's always something going on. But God says sometimes we've got to embrace the stillness, quiet our minds and close our mouths. Mm. and recognize his presence. We've got to get back to spending time in the presence of God because by doing so, we produce an atmosphere where God can speak to us. See, silence is not just being quiet or void of sound. It's a time of reflection, self-examination, and cultivating a receptive heart. Mm, watch this. See, even earlier this week, uh, one of my normal routines and assignments and, and, and things that I had to do was canceled. And so I said, well, let, 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 me, let me sit down and spend some time uh, doing some stuff that I, that, that I normally don't have the time to do sometimes. I, I, I want to do a different study on a deeper level than, than, than sometimes I've been able to do in the past few months because I've had so much going on, been so busy. And so I went and I said, I, I'm not going to get on my phone or my computer or and, and study the word that way. I want to get an old school paper Bible. You understand? I said, let me go and grab my Bible and let me flip through some stuff. And so I grabbed a, a, a Bible that was on the shelf and I, and I said, well, I, I haven't looked at this translation in a while. Let me grab this Bible. And as I started flipping through the Bible, trying to say, okay, God, well, what, what am I going to read today? And I start flipping and God says, slow down. And I'm like, okay. And so I start flipping again. God said, didn't I say slow down? And I'm like, okay. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm just flipping past, you know, the forwards, the, the acknowledgements, you know, the introductions, you know, I'm trying to get into the word. And God says, go back. 
And so I go back again and I start turning page by page, but I'm still kind of hastily turning page by page because I'm still trying to get to the word. I'm thinking maybe he wants me to start at the first chapter. And, and God says, I said, go back. And so now I'm going page by page and I'm still kind of trying to skim. And I see something that catches my eye. And I said, hold up. And I, and I go back and I, and I, and I read what catches my eye. And I said, oh, and I'm still in the introduction of this particular translation, the history of this particular translation. I'm not even in the word. And so I go back to the beginning of it and I start reading it and I start reading it. And I spent about three hours reading the introduction to the translation. Three hours studying the introduction to the translation. I never even got to the scriptures. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. See, when we silence our own voices, we create a space for God's voice to be heard. It's in this receptive state that we can experience true communication with our heavenly father. It's where he can reveal profound truths and wit and wisdom that we may have missed in the noise of our daily lives by intentionally seeking moments of silence. See, I had to pull away, find me some quiet time and allow God to speak to me. I had to slow down, stop doing what I wanted to do. Stop saying to him what I wanted to say to him and listen to what he was saying to me. See, we open ourselves up to transformation and growth. By intentionally seeking these moments of silence, by letting go of our own agenda and thoughts, quieting our own internal dialogue, it helps us to still our minds and become more receptive to hearing what God has to say. As a matter of fact, that's why Paul encourages us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. See, because when we're speaking, we become more focused on our own voice and what we have to say than those who are speaking to us. Oh, y'all might as well be honest. Most of the time when we're in a conversation, it's like playing double dutch. We're listening to the person, but we're barely listening because we're trying to prepare what we want to add, what we want to throw in because we want to be heard because we've got something to say, but we're barely listening to what they're saying. Some of the best conversations are the ones where you sit back and just listen. Those are the ones where you're really absorbing. Those are the ones where you're really growing. Those are the ones where you're really gathering and you're being blessed by something that God's trying to get to you, maybe through somebody else. Where you're sitting and being silent. Then God may tell you what to add, but see, we, we, we're not accustomed to that. See, the problem is our flesh intensely abhors silence. We'll do everything possible and we'll do everything possible to destroy it. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? We get in the car alone and instead of riding along and communing with God, we turn on the radio. 
Instead of sitting quietly in a room, we turn on the television. We become addicted to distractions and background noise. To the point that many of us, even in our prayer time, pray amiss because we cannot receive direction. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Uh, turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Oh, I pray this is blessing you because I'm telling you it already blessed me. I'm just trying to share with you what God already did for me this week. Uh, Romans chapter 8. And when you get there, look at verse 26. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. And I'm reading this from the King James Version. Here he says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Here Paul tells us that we don't even know what we should be praying for. See, so much, so, so many times we're talking about, well, I spent this much time in prayer, I spent that much time in prayer, but we're just saying a bunch of meaningless words. We're throwing stuff against the wall and to see what sticks. Because we have treated prayer as a monologue. Where we do all the talking. See, prayer for us is like reading our list to Santa Claus instead of a dialogue in which we quietly listen to God for direction before we respond. See, that's what the psalmist was referring to when he said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, sit quietly and enjoy his company, his presence. Allow him to lead the conversation. Listen to what he has to say. See, when you sit back and spend time with God, enjoying his presence, listening to what he has to say. See, he'll talk to you about the plans he has for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to prosper you. He'll talk to you about all the things that he's prepared for you before the foundations of the earth. He'll share with you all those things that he has, that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, that have not entered into the heart of man, but that he has prepared for those who love him. He'll describe those things to you in such vivid detail that you'll now establish a vision and you'll embrace that vision in your heart when you just sit back and allow him to lead that conversation and listen to what he has to say. Just by simply learning to press the mute button and sitting silently listening for him to speak, enjoying his presence, he's going to show you those things that you should desire. 
the things that he desires for us. And he'll even inscribe those desires upon your heart. He'll give you a passion for the things that he's passionate about. And that's critical because it's in those moments that our faith is transformed. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the Bible says it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. See, if God has now given you a vision and a passion and he's inscribed these desires upon your heart because you've delighted yourself in the Lord and he's given you this desire of your heart. Now, out of the abundance of your heart, now your mouth is going to speak. See, because now, because God has shown it to you and God has given you a desire for it, now you believe that this is what God desires for your life when you speak it. You're going to believe that you're supposed to have it and you're going to speak it by faith. And Jesus said you will have whatsoever things you say. See, because those silent moments allow God to minister to your belief system before you start speaking. And that's significant because it's what you say to you that matters the most. See, watch this. See, you've got desires, things that you want that are based off your flesh. Stuff that you see. Something that somebody else has said to you. Something that somebody else you've heard. Something that you're coveting out of your flesh. Something that you're lusting after out of your flesh. And so then you begin to pray for those things because you're trying to be spiritual about something that's fleshly. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Yeah, you, you, you've developed a, a, a natural desire, a fleshly desire for something, and now you're trying to make it spiritual because you say, I'm going to pray for it. But there's no faith involved, and that's why your prayers are going, well, I, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for it, because you're trying to convince yourself that God's going to do it for you. Mm. But when you sit back and God's telling you what he wants to do for you, what he plans to do for you, and now you receive it, you see it, you visualize it. He inscribes that desire upon your heart. Now you start to speak what God has said to you. You start to confess, come into agreement and say the same thing that God has said. And you do so by faith. So now your prayers are not just wishes and a wish list that you're trying to give God. You're saying back to God, confirming and confessing and coming into agreement with what he said to you. And now your faith now starts to be activated and it produces what God has for you. See, because it's what you say to you that matters the most. See, because when you start praying out of your flesh, the first thing you start saying, well, well, I hope God going to do it. I, I believe I, 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 I believe God going to do it. I, 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 I think God's going to do it. See, you start speaking doubt to yourself. But when God is ministered to your spirit, you start speaking out of faith, out of certainty. And I told you, it's what you say to you that matters the most. See, regardless of what I say, regardless of what God said, you're the one person you will always believe. Oh, watch this. The Bible says, Paul wrote it a long time ago, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's written in my Bible, your Bible, and everybody else's Bible you've ever picked up. 
But how many of you, raise your hand, have ever doubted God's ability to take care of your needs? Yeah, don't leave me out here by myself. Why is that? Because you said it to yourself. So it didn't matter what I said, it didn't matter what God said, it didn't matter what Paul said. It was only what you said to you that mattered. And that's why you've got to be quiet enough to allow God to speak to you and settle it in your heart before you open your mouth. Because you're the one person you will always really believe. See, your voice is the loudest one you'll ever hear. Oh, can I prove it to you? God gave me this illustration years ago. If you put your fingers in your ear right now, you can turn the music up as loud as you want. Turn the TV up as loud as you want. Go out there and, and get, get somebody to rev the car engine, whatever it is. Make as much noise as they want. Put your fingers in your ear and whisper your voice. You'll still hear your voice. See, because your voice comes from the inside and you hear from the inside out. See, your voice on the inside is going to vibrate those little bones on, the in, on your inner ear before anything on the outside can get in to do so. And that's why it's important that you learn to be quiet and allow God to speak to your heart before you open your mouth. And until he does, sometimes it's better to say nothing. As a matter of fact, turn over to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Oh, I'm blessing somebody. Oh, you ain't got to tell me. You better type it in the comments. Don't tell somebody else this blessing me. Ephesians chapter four and look at verse 29. Here it reads, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Here he tells us to let no word, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but only what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. See the first person to hear what you say is you and it impacts your life more than anybody else's. See, a lot of people think that means you shouldn't say any corrupt stuff to somebody else. No. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's true. But you're the first person to hear what you say and whatever you say impacts your life more than anybody else's. Because I told you, regardless of what I say, you say, God said, what you say to you is going to mean more than anything else. So you should not be speaking destructive, harmful things about yourself, about your life, because there's certain things that just won't benefit you. And that's why you've got to learn to push the mute button. See, because Proverbs tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, the more you talk, the more you're going to see the evidence, the manifestation. You're going to see the results of the things that you're saying. See, what you say will control your destiny. I told you, Jesus said you will have whatsoever you say. And that's why sometimes you've got to press the mute button. As a matter of fact, that's why God silenced Zechariah. Y'all remember, Pastor Stephanie talked about that on last time. When Elizabeth was pregnant, God silenced Zechariah so that he would not speak against the very things that God was trying to do in his life. 
See, God was trying to use him to give birth to a world changer. The man who would lead the way to Christ. And here he is about to abort the plan of God with his mouth. He was about to speak corrupt things out of his mouth. Destructive words. So God had to press the mute button for him. But the question is, what are you tearing down by speaking prematurely? What are you missing by talking when you should be listening? Somebody type in the comment, press the mute button. Yeah. Go over to James chapter three. James chapter three. Yeah. And when you get there, look at verse three. James chapter three, beginning at verse three. Here he says, indeed, we put bits in horses mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look also ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a small, a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Oh, this is major. This is major. I'm telling you, powerful. Powerful. Here James tells us that we have the ability to direct our entire lives with our mouths. Mm. Oh, I need y'all to catch that. We have the ability to direct our entire lives with our mouths because we do exactly what we say we're going to do. See, if you get up in the morning and somebody asks you where you're going, you say, I'm going to work. And what do you do? You go. If you say, I'm about to fix me some breakfast. What do you do? You go fix breakfast. Yeah. So if you don't like the direction your life is going, maybe you should press the mute button. Matter of fact, the proverb writer says, if you've been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, in other words, planning things that are not of beneficial, he says, cover your mouth in shame. Press the mute button. Watch this. Go over to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And when you get to look at verse 37. Matthew chapter 12, beginning at 37. Here he says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Here we see that it is what we say that dictates the outcome of our lives. So if we're struggling with guilt, shame, condemnation, 
low self-esteem. It is not what somebody else says to us. It's but what we say to ourselves. I, I told you earlier, all the negative voices that we hear may have originated externally, but now they're just recorded messages playing on a continual loop in our minds. And that's why we've got to press the mute button. See, silence is not something to be feared or avoided, but rather embraced and cherished. Because by incorporating moments of stillness into our daily lives, we foster intimacy with God. When we spend time in quiet reflection, we cultivate a deeper connection with our Heavenly Father. It allows us to pause, examine our hearts, and align our thoughts. During this time of introspection, we can discern whether the thoughts and impressions we receive align with what God says about us. See, sometimes you just got to take a moment to filter your thoughts. Did that come from God? Or is that me? Or is that something from some past trauma? Is that something the enemy is trying to get me to think about myself? Does that line up with what God said about me in his word? See, in the absence of noise and distractions, it allows us to create a sacred space where we can experience a profound sense of God's presence and love. Silence creates an environment where we can truly hear from God. In the stillness, we can gain a fresh perspective on our circumstances. We can open ourselves up to receive God's guidance and wisdom. It enables us to listen attentively to God's voice. When we stop talking and allow ourselves to be still, we become more receptive to the gentle whispers of the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 30. Oh, I'm almost done. Just a couple more scriptures. Isaiah chapter 30. And when you get to look at verse 21. Now I'm reading this from the, the English Standard Version. And here it says, And your ear shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. See, it is in these quiet moments that God can gently speak to our deepest needs, fears, and hopes. And we can discern God's will and direction for our lives. As a matter of fact, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, it says, he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. See, 
so many times I've heard people say they can't hear God's voice. But Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Maybe the problem is he's just whispering. Maybe he doesn't feel like raising his voice. So if we want to hear from God, we've got to press the mute button. We got to stop talking and silence everything around us so we can hear. See, we must heed the words of the psalmist. Be still and know that I am God. Let's not underestimate the power of being silent as it pertains to our spiritual journey. We must learn to embrace moments of silence in our lives. Intentionally creating space for God to speak. See, because in silence, we can quiet the noise around us and within us. Cultivating that listening heart that discerns God's voice. We can be transformed by the profound peace and love that is found in those quiet moments. We can bask in his presence. If we allow our hearts to be open to the gentle whispers of our heavenly father. But we must learn to prioritize silence because it's in the silence that we draw, close, draw closer to God. And it's in the silence that we truly hear his voice. So if you're still struggling to hear God, maybe you need to press the mute button. Maybe you, his voice isn't as loud as it used to be. Maybe he's still speaking at the same volume, but the background noise has gotten too loud. Maybe you need to press the mute button. Maybe you're missing instruction. Maybe it's because you're talking when you should be listening. Maybe you need to press the mute button. Because if we're going to receive, if we're going to be able to hear, if we're going to tap into the frequency of heaven and hear what God has to say to us, sometimes it's going to require us pressing the mute button, silencing everything else and allowing God to speak. Amen. God bless you today. I pray this word has blessed you. I'm telling you, it's in those places that God will rearrange, recalibrate, that he will restructure everything in your life. But you got to take that time. He said, I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. Say, if I got to sit here all day and say nothing, I'm just waiting for God to speak. How many of y'all know if you waiting for back in the day before cell phones, when all you had was a house phone and you were waiting for an important phone call, you wouldn't let nobody else pick that phone up and you won't go in there where you were sitting right there because you were waiting. 
for that phone to ring. And when it rang, you told him, turn that TV down. Turn that radio off. Because you needed to hear what was coming through. I stand silently to listen for the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone is my Savior. He's the only one that has my healing, deliverance, salvation, protection, provision. He's the only one that can provide everything that I need. Everything I need comes from him. So I sit in silence, waiting to receive necessary instructions. But if you've been listening to this today, you're like, man, this is powerful. I need to be able to hear from God. The first thing you need is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And maybe that's what you needed to do today. You needed to press the mute button so you could hear him calling you. He's been drawing you nearer. He, he wanted you to sit back, turn everything else off, and listen to this word so you could hear his voice. His voice behind my voice saying, Come home. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him would not perish. That could have everlasting life. See, if you want to be saved, it's not hard. You may say, I've lived a horrible life. I've done horrible things. You don't understand, Pastor. Guess what? God does. That's why he gave up his son for you. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you knew my life, you would say, why is he on here preaching to me? But guess what? God already knew before he called me. He says, while I was still yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And he did the same for you while you were still yet a sinner. But you don't have to stay in the condition that you are. It's real simple. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, all you have to do is declare, Jesus is now my Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You have to believe that he hung, bled, and died for your sins and that he didn't stay dead, but he got up. Why is that so important? You have to believe that he had the power over death, hell, and the grave. Because if he had the power of all of that, he has the power to forgive your sins. He had the power to take the punishment for your sins. See, because if he's still dead, then he didn't have the power to do anything. Because if death got him, then it's going to get you too. So you have to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Because in order to receive the life he has for you, you have to be willing to give up your life. You have to be willing to make him your Lord. Allow him to make every decision in your life. He has to be the one that makes your decisions because that's how you got to where you are now. But if you want to change, just say, I want to make Jesus my Lord. I believe that God raised him from the dead. 
and you can be saved. Pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I believe that he got up and he's been sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying for me, praying that I would one day hear your voice. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church, one that you can have to help you in this walk. And we want to be that for you. We're virtual ministry, but we have all of the components in place to help you walk this out. And if you desire to be a part of the My Church family, or just if you've accepted Christ today and we just want to celebrate with you, go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click contact us, fill out a connection card. And one of our ministers will get back with you and help you with your walk with Christ, give you the next steps. They'll tell you how to connect with one of our, our teams, how to fellowship with us, how you can be a part of the things that we do as a ministry. But all you have to do is go out and let us know who you are and somebody will get in contact with you. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this word, blessed by this ministry, and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. However you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to do what God's called us to do. God has given us a mandate to make sure that the word of God is available to everyone who needs it, wherever they are. So this word is available on every platform that there's an internet. We're on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Google TV, LG TV. We're on Apple phones, Google phones. We're on the web. We're on social media. We're just everywhere. We stream the word everywhere. And that's not a small task. That's not a cheap ministry. It costs. But we realize that that's the mandate God has given us. And we're, we are here to make sure that the word's going forth. We make sure that quality word is going forth. We're helping other ministries make sure that their word is going forth. This is our assignment in the body. And if you want to help us do so, sow a seed here. Because the Bible says he who sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. But he who sows generously shall reap generously. He who waters shall be watered. So guess what? What you do for others, God's going to do for you. So by you making sure that somebody else has the word they need in their time, in their season, God's going to make sure you have what you need in your time and in your season. So sow a seed. But thirdly, we say, Make sure you share this word with somebody else who you know who needs it because I know you know somebody who needs it. Make sure you share it with at least three people. Like, share, tag. Let somebody know that they need to download the My Church channel. We have all kinds of programs that's going to be a blessing to your life. Follow us on social media. Make sure you're connected with us, that you can see the things that we have going on. But in any event, make sure you come back and watch us again on next week. God bless you. I'm Pastor Tuck. Thank you for watching the Word at My Church. 
See you again on next time. Stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you. Thank you. I'll see you soon. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.